0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Who Is All A Stream. I am Chris, here with my co-host and cousin, Neil Carroll. Hello,
1: everybody. Welcome, welcome. New shows, new movies, very
0: exciting week. Yeah, we have a show to recap, every recap. We now. That's back, which is great.
1: And I've definitely got a take on this. I know we were doing some preliminary... Talks back and forth during our uh, Call of Duty gaming, but uh, <laughs> I've got I've got an interesting position.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I'm excited to hear it. Uh, we're also gonna play a little rolling or trolling, and then we're gonna talk about our suggestions from last week. Oh yes. Uh, first, let's get into the most pressing matter, which is we got our series premiere of. The latest Disney plus Marvel show, Hawkeye. We had two episodes drop on us.
1: Two hour long episodes drop. And they made a splash. I think, well, do we want to just dive in or we got, we're doing some rolling or trolling?
0: Let's, no, no, we're going to do rolling or trolling after Hawkeye. So let's dive in. Like, give me you want to give me your hot take first. you want to give me your overall impressions first? This is going to be spoiler heavy. Um, So please keep that in mind. If you are listening, hopefully you've already watched Hawkeye. If not save this for, you know, for, for later,
1: for later, as it were. Um, Okay. So I'll start with overall impressions. My overall impression is this. Uh, I love that it's, Christmas themed. I know that appealed to you. Of okay. I mean, the ending show, the end soundtrack uh, when the show capped was uh, "Holly Jolly Christmas." I think. Yes. Which we've talked about during the year as being one of those like go-to in a of movie course. songs. Um, but the other thing is long-term. Okay. This could potentially be. Here's my hot take. Long term, this could potentially be my favorite um, MCU TV show. I say in the long term, because Loki is my current favorite. But I think as it went on, it had it it had more strong episodes than it had weak episodes. Mm -hmm. But it, it kind of like stretched a little thin. Like they started strong, it was a real interesting okay. concept, you know. As a character, we love, but they really, you know, maybe because it was so wild, so out there, cosmic,
0: yeah, you know. Yep.
1: So I want to give Hawkeye another like two episodes before I make my final decision. But I could see this. Why not being, just wait till
0: the season's over and then decide?
1: Well, I could do that too. I suppose I could if you're going to be logical about it. <laughs> but I, I did enjoy it. I. I I feel like Jeremy Renner is really on the cusp of being a good actor. He's he's on the brink. He's on the cusp. He's like, do you remember the the movie, The Town? Of course I do. Of course. the He was like awesome in The Town. Yes. Because he didn't have a lot to do. He was the man standing next to the man like like Val Kilmer, which we'll talk about later. You know, he kind of he's he's second fiddle, but does an amazing job because he's just to the left of camera. Now that he's in the center of camera, whenever he's center stage, I don't know. Like there's something about it that's just not like he's so he's almost there. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to I'm going to really watch this show. Because I'm rooting for Jeremy Renner. I want him to be awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is really what I think this is. Eventually, it will be a passing of the torch
1: Mm, to to
0: Haley Seinfeld and Jeremy Renner's probable exit in large part from the MCU. Yeah. Similar to, obviously, Scarlett Johansson and, and um, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., and all that. Um, so, w- like, we will see. Because... The one good thing about this show is I th- they're actually, like... They're making a character... That largely everyone kind of questioned whether or not he was needed or necessary. True, and they're like making him a good character. Like uh, an, agreed, they're making taking a character, a side character, and making him interesting, which 100%. is great. And
1: they're doing it in the way that uh, DC did it. And, and what I mean by that is like the Green Arrow, which is basically Hawkeye. Yeah. Like Hawkeye was their response to Green Arrow. But the Green Arrow TV show was essentially Batman. Okay. Okay. And it worked. It's like, all right, we're going to make him because Batman's off saving the world in movies and being tentpole productions and mainstream. And, you know, we're going to turn, we're going to make Green Arrow our local neighborhood superhero all right marvel marvel looks like it's going to take that same route with hawkeye it's like we're going to bring him down to street level we're going to make him street level hero take him out of the uh mcu movie universe as it were because that's too big and he doesn't have a role but i i don't like the fact that that it's going to be what you said. And I believe you're right. That handoff to this Haley Steinfeld. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with her. She's charismatic, doing a fantastic job. She's absolutely uh, likable and interesting in the show. But like, it's his chance to do something with Hawkeye. Like I would, I would have just done a whole first season of like Hawkeye dealing with street crime or something and then introduce her in the last episode. So I
0: think, I think, part of it because you said you said something interesting about they're doing, of course there's going to be the comparisons because there's two Archer superhero TV shows, right? right? Right, right. And the Green Arrow came a few years ago. I don't really think this is that similar outside of the fact that obviously they're both Archers archers. and you know, they're this hawkeye is being brought to street level but i i think if you change what what you're saying in my opinion really what marvel is doing is they are doing what the comic books did first so marvel comics what they did was you know hawkeye was in all the avengers books all the way from his inception the most part i think he started out in iron man but basically from his inception all for decades through into the the 2000s uh, the 2010s and then uh matt fractions hawkeye run comes out and he takes the character hawkeye who's kind of been known as a you know maybe b-list right a borderline B list, probably C list hero in the Marvel comic book universe. He takes Hawkeye and he creates an award-winning comic book series out of that character. And what he does is he takes him street level and the whole premise is this is what Hawkeye does when he's not with the Avengers and he's not a suit. He doesn't have superpowers. So when he comes home, from a mission with the Avengers he's beat up he's in the hospital and has to heal from all of his wounds he goes home to a dingy apartment building he's trying to help out all of the um, tenants in the building um, against the owners of the building who happen to be the tracksuit mafia Um, and in that comic book he also has a Already established, um, relationship al- almost mentorship with Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop, and this run is largely where they are taking the inspiration from for this series,
1: which I'm good with. Like, that's it's not my issue, so to speak. Like, and and again. I'm only I'm drawing the comparison between the Green Arrow show and this show in as much as you've got street level heroes doing day to day crime stopping, but like I just would have seized the opportunity to make this all about Hawkeye. Like we should have a, a, a full Jeremy Renner focused Hawkeye, no handoff or. Kick that to the end of the road, like the the comic run that you're talking about. That's great, but like, kick it to the to the, the last episode.
0: The only the only thing is the only thing with that is like there is no street level Hawkeye without Kate Bishop. Like that's never been done before. You know what I'm saying? Be like that wasn't. Green Arrow you could the, potentially the model, but he's not the model. Hawkeye is is the model for the show they're not basing the show off of what maybe originally back in the 1940s obviously yeah. green arrow came out and then 20 years later stan lee came up with hawkeye right yeah. but we're now however many year, decades past that right mcu is not trying to emulate what green arrow did mcu is trying to do something better than green which arrow. is
1: fine but, but i'm saying you can do a neighborhood archer show is my point yes you and you you know you absolutely put stank on it but you can you can do that like that's what i would do i'm saying i would have done a frankly just because i feel like that was the build-up to the show it's like we're finally going to do something with hawkeye hawkeye's finally going to get his own thing you know, we forgot all about him. We left him out of three movies. We're finally going to do something with Hawkeye. And then it's like you said, it's obviously he's going to hand this off to her and go off into the sunset.
0: See, I think I think they're doing him justice while also est- doing a good job of establishing this new character. I if, personally if like, does not want to come good, back. That's why I'm good with this being it for a runner if that's what they choose to do. Now they might not. There's no saying that, you know, they're definitely going to officially hand off and that's it, runner's out. Right. Um it seems like it would trend towards that way just because all of his um co-workers basically all of the actors that were in his graduating class have all graduated. He's the the super senior. Him and, and Mark Ruffalo are, are right. sticking around for an extra year. You know what I mean? Um, so like that's the only reason why I'm making assumptions that he's gonna be passing the torch. Um, right. but if they're gonna do a season two, I would I would imagine they're doing some sort of follow up to this, obviously. I would hope if they decide to do it with the two Hawkeyes, that would yeah. be great. Because, again, hope, that would yeah. follow what goes on in the comics as well. And Indeed. when I tell you, like, I just actually read that um, that comic run just to kind right. of be fresh on it. And, you know, obviously, it's very relevant to what's going on with this show right now. And it's, it's great. It is a great, great run. I'm glad that they had Matt Fraction, the writer, um, as – one of the consulting producers for this series Um, they're taking a lot of cues but they're what they're changing is things that are relevant and needed to integrate it in with the MCU like obviously Kate Bishop in the comics knows um, Clint Barton already but she doesn't know him in the MCU because we've never met her before Right. And, like, we Which, need the, the background on her and everything like that.
1: I can dig. This is not a problem. I just, I'm saying I'm excited for what's happening. I just think we could have, I, I feel like the character deserved at least one season of his, of his own thing.
0: Potentially. Potentially. But, uh, you know, that's, I mean, if you think he could carry a season by himself then absolutely i don't know who uh, what what would you envision that storyline being outside of like emulating what green arrow did
1: outside of that what storyline would i put on the first season of a solo hawkeye show given everything that we've gone through in the mc universe movie universe well, I might take elements of where they're going right now, which is the Ronin story, the fact that he has okay. to kind of clean up after that. Um, maybe there would be backlash from some of these street gangs that have now either you know, gotten their act together and came after him solo or kind of coalesced into an uber-mafia of, of pissed-off gangs And and criminal minds from around the world that have descended on like New York or Chicago. So what's to get him?
0: What's interesting about that is I read that that is what Jeremy Renner originally wanted to do. He wanted to do a dark, a dark like he has to contend with the the skeletons in his closet from previously being a murderer.
1: Because it's always more personally
0: heavy. I feel like that's a less interesting show. We have, like, I don't know Uh if, one, I don't know if that really fits with, like, the MCU of it all. Okay. And two, we have so many shows that explore that type of stuff already. The anti-hero wrestling with his demons. like, Like, we have all of that in various different shows. But all those shows are working. Yeah, but they're like, you know, who do you, where do you want that? Like, do you want that out of, like, an HBO, like, Sopranos? Or do you want that out of, like, a Disney Plus show? You know what I mean? They also got to, like, you know, it's got to fit the creators a little bit.
1: I don't see a problem. I think it would fit the creators. I don't think you're going to have, like, a cursing, crazy, you know, rated R thing I think you can just kind of expand on what we saw in the movies the The other character in the movie the
0: other thing about that too that I just thought of is Mm -hmm. you already have that character
1: in who? Winter Soldier yeah but we already
0: have that and we have multiple movies of exploring that in a TV show exploring the demons of previously being a murderer and now being a hero it's essentially would be the same thing. That'd be the yes. same. That would be the complete same story arc. This makes it so that at least, yes, he's wrestling with that stuff that's mm-hmm. still in the background. He has to deal but with Hawkeye's the consequences. Not, an, you know,
1: not but, a virtual immortal. He's not ninety years old. He's you know new. No, he's but fresh. the, he's the aging. He's dealing with that He issue.
0: he was a murderer, and it has overcome being a murderer and now has to deal with the demons of killing people. Like, that would be central to a Hawkeye show that explored exclusively his dealings as Ronin, which is exactly what Winter Soldier does throughout his entire MCU story arc through Falcon and Winter Soldier. Word. Well, Either way, the show we have is... Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. What are your thoughts on Kate yes. Bishop and that character and the introduction that they did um, for Kate Bishop?
1: Uh, I They obviously made some changes. Okay. They're, they're switching some things around, but I have no problem with it. I like it. Haley Steinfeld's interesting. She's bringing charisma to it. That goes a long way with me. I was surprised to see Vera Farmiga in this show. I did not know she was going to be in it. Didn't recognize her at first. Yes. Yes. Uh, And anything that brings Linda Cardellini back into my life,
0: (laughs) even over the phone for two, even
1: over the phone is fine with me. Like I'm totally, I don't care what it is. If she was just like, if just introducing Hitler documentaries, uh, and she was in it for the first five minutes, I would watch because I love Linda Cordellini.
0: I think I like how Marvel has been introducing new characters over the last year. Yeah, I think they've been doing a really good job of it. Um, I think. What they did with these first two episodes was really well kind of plotted out where, you know, we're getting our update on and establishing what's going on with Jeremy Renner. We get our introduction into Kate Bishop and we really learn who she is true in that whole first episode. We get the nice we get a full download of what's going on with her where we're not confused and they don't meet until the very end of the episode. I think that was perfect. I agree. Because then, next episode, now we establish, now that we know who each of them are, now we establish the dynamic that there's going to be between the two of them. And I like the idea of Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye being a reluctant mentor to Kate Bishop's you know overachieving go-getting like younger hawkeye Agreed. i think that's a i think that's a fun dynamic and i think that's a really great lane for renner i think he plays that very well i think he does like i said i'm and that's not for something him. that he's done before either no not necessarily
1: not necessarily. It is kind of a new avenue for him. He, you know, he's tried out his comedy chops and tag and various other things. Like he's on his way. I'm rooting for him. He's almost oh, there. Uh,
0: Jeremy Renner has been around for a long time. Correct. And he's just almost there. <laughs> I think Jeremy Renner's doing fine.
1: Well, I think... you know, in, in your. Informal opinion, yes. My
0: informal opinions, you know, he's been nominated for two actors uh, two Oscars, but you know, he's on his way. He's on his way. He'll get there. Okay. He's been He'll in get there. ten Marvel movies where he's been paid millions and millions of dollars, but he's on his way. Masermanos. Um tracksuit mafia. How great are they, bro? They are awesome,
1: brah. I, I love Tracksuit Mafia. They were hysterical, especially the, like, ind- indignation he shows when he feels like his lair is being insulted. insulted?
0: Yes. My, f- my favorite thing in the first two episodes yeah. is when Renner throws back the Molotov cocktail and lights the one Tracksuit Mafia, go- mafia <laughs> yeah. guy on fire. And oh, then after, amazing. like, things are getting settled like that guy like wants to go in and go after them and the other tracksuit mafia person goes let's like take it down a notch you were just on fire this was a lot
1: that's what he (laughs) said this was a lot i'm just saying it's a lot i thought that was hysterical
0: so good you know it was was so good it was a lot um i i definitely think so like there's a lot of things at play as far as like the villains of this show goes you have the tracksuit mafia who attempted to rob the auction yeah. um that kate bishop was at and that um uh what is his name jack duquesne jack duquesne. is that as well he is mm-hmm. for those who know the comic books He is right. the swordsman will become the swordsman yes he is a villain um so he was there as well. He's up to some shady stuff. He may or may not have killed his uncle to inherit his uncle's money. Um, I have some theories on that Indeed. that we can discuss. Um, and then you have looming kind of above the tracksuit mafia. Well, first, within the tracksuit mafia, you have... Um, what is his name? There's a specific tracksuit mafia member that I don't know his real name, but in the comic books, he's uh, the, clown, the clown, and he's basically an ass- assassin for hire. Okay. Um, I don't know if he'll become the clown in this. He's the one that's wearing like the fur jacket over Word. his tracksuit. He's the one who comes out and runs after Kate Bishop and lifts his mask up. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, in the first episode, so you have him, and then at the end of episode two, you have Echo, which
1: I feel like uh, it's interesting to break in that character here.
0: That is going to be interesting. I wonder how they are going to do that. There's a that's the thing. Like I said, they've done a good job. Of pacing and how they've structured this for the first two episodes. But
1: don't want to thinking burn.
0: about it. We still have to now we have to introduce Echo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We may or may not have to give some background and more airtime to the aforementioned tracksuit mafia member, the clown. Indeed. And we're still at some point going to be getting um. Oh, my gosh. And now I can't remember her, her name. Uh, Florence Pugh's character. Florence From Pugh. Black Widow. She is going to be appearing
1: at Yelena least Belova.
0: once. Ye- yes. Yelena Belova. Belova. She is going to be showing up at some point. Correct. So we have that as well. And you have to establish Echo, who is going to be getting her own Disney Plus series.
1: That's confirmed. apparently. Which, I feel like, is that not jumping the gun a little bit? Like We haven't even really seen her yet in this.
0: They must like her a lot. Apparently. She's an interesting uh, character. She, from the comic books, she's actually the original Ronin. Yes. Um, she also, she is deaf. Um, she was born deaf. Mm. Um, she was originally established um, in daredevil comics so people right. think that there's a connection there and maybe we get an introduction to kingpin or daredevil somehow gets involved um, which would be awesome because daredevil rides. and apparently her powers are similar to Taskmaster, um, where because she is deaf her observation skills are heightened and she is able to learn things and mimic action like fighting moves and and styles and stuff like that very yeah. quickly which is very similar to taskmaster but Indeed. i don't know if they're going to she's going to have powers or if she's just like a you know right now a mafia boss right um it seems I, I the latter but yes i don't know how how they're going to handle all of this i it's a just lot.
1: A, it's a lot. That's the thing. It's, it's like the
0: it's like the guy, the tracksuit mafia the the guy situation. who was on fire. It, it, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. You're just on fire. It's a lot.
1: Um, I don't know how they're going to deal with it all. I'm a little nervous because I want it all to go well. I feel like they're biting off a lot introducing this character and already guaranteeing um, her own show. It, it, it There's a lot here. So, But it's all good. The, the cast, Pitch Perfect, the, um, there's funny scenes in this. I just think, like I said, I think Jeremy Renner could punch up just a little bit. Like the, the Ren fair scene, the sword fighting Ren Faire scene was, it should have been rife with comedy. And it was funny.
0: I don't know but, if Renner you know, has that in him. That's the thing.
1: That's the thing.
0: So like if that's the case as well, yeah. that's probably why he's not getting a solo. That could sh- be. Show that's what himself. I'm talking about. Like for, I mean? example, like for I'll, example, like I'll give him that credit. That scene should have been
1: what everyone has been talking about.
0: Yes, I will give him credit that there was, There's one line, and it's not so much him, mm. um, but he did deliver the line well. Is when the tracksuit mafia kidnaps him. And they yes. put the, you know, he lets that, he does the catch and release. He lets them kidnap him and they put the bag over his head and he's going into the truck and he's like, guys, I can see through the bag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that was a funny line too, but you know, he's there, he's like a kind of, he wants to be like the dry humor, yeah. like the cool, like I just give like dry humor, like sarcastic lines. Type thing. Like it kind of works, but he's not like he, comedy is not his forte.
1: It's not his will forte. No,
0: no, no. But, you know, it's still a very good show. We're still enjoying ourselves. And his lack of comedy, I think, is being made up for in Haley Steinfeld's performance because I think she's like, She's really good at this.
1: She's really good at this, but carrying that load can get taxing.
0: It could. We'll have to see what happens there. Um, a quick question for you. Yeah. Related to the plot of the show, because we've talked okay. a lot of, about kind of the, the broad picture of yep. the show, where it might be going, how actors are doing, things like that. Um, getting into a little bit of specifics. Who do you think killed Armand Duquesne? That is the uncle to yes. Jack Duquesne.
1: If they're going to stick with the character of Jack being a bad guy, like if they're going to stick to the comics and all that, I, at this moment, absolutely think Jack Duquesne killed the his uncle, mm-hmm. Armand. Um, that scene where he pulls out a butterscotch and it's got the monogram yep. on it. That didn't do it for me because that wasn't like my aha moment because right. obviously he would have a handful of them in his pockets.
0: Yeah, because that's his uncle. He's been over there. He's and been over there. He's got they eat butterscotches, I'm, right. I'm going to be taking that. I'm taking butterscotch. So that's my him thing. lying like, about the his his downplaying his uh, sword skills is a little sketchy. I want to throw one at you. Do you think it. it is possible that it is um, Kate Bishop's mother?
1: Do I think it's possible that did Kate's... this? Well, yes, he did threaten her.
0: <clears throat> Correct. She... There's something sketch going on with her. There is because There's something she was sketch all going on with her. She... She... he was talking like really talking a lot of crap to kate bishop about her mother saying i tried to tell my nephew jack yes to not watch to do out this. for that one and not to do this and blah 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 um so he was you know very wary of and, that and marriage as well we just
1: assume we just assume that the father died in like the the roof cave-in of their apartment
0: we don't, we don't know, know that. for sure. Yeah, we have yeah. no idea. Have so no idea I, could, I could get on board with that. If you don't that. see a body, right? you can't say that they're dead or not. Exactly.
1: And we have no idea how he officially died. She might have killed his ass.
0: That's interesting. Someone was pointing out, I was listening to a podcast, very good one, um, and they were talking about the show and they noted how um, it seems like all of the bad guys are in shades of red. Okay. So you have like the tracksuit mafia, they're all in red. Right. You have echo when she's introduced the lighting in the room where she's listening to the, um, those speakers, like the feeling the vibrations of the speakers. That yeah. room is is um, tinted, red. tinted red, and then you have, um, you have Kate Bishop's mother. She's dressing in red, like her dress is red at the ball, uh,
1: and she asks. Pick up on that.
0: She asks Kate to put on her red dress before they go, and Kate doesn't do it. She wears her her suit, her pantsuit. I did not realize that. So like now, you know, I'm kind of piggybacking off of another podcast theory, but I feel like that might be something we want to look out for through the show. Is that like kind of a signal to us? Like who's good? Who's bad? She's a little suspect. <clears throat> She's a little,
1: sus.
0: a little suspect. A little sus. A little sus. A little sus. Um, let's talk. Well, let's let's play some role in her trouble. I think Roland, we, can, we can put a pin in Hawkeye for now. We both very much enjoyed it. This might be your favorite Disney+. It just might. Show. We will find out in after four episodes instead of after yeah. six. <clears throat> um, let's first, let's continue with the MCU because there was a lot of Spider-Man stuff that came out. this past week after we kind of talked about last week how Tom Holland was throwing doubt on his return as Spider-Man after No Way Home. We have this from um, President Sony producer uh, Amy Pascal. She says quote We are getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. We're thinking of this as three films and we're going to go on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies. So there's a lot in that. Yes. One of which obviously being that they're not done with Tom Holland.
1: Not done with Tom Holland. Not done with Spider Man's uh, involvement into the MCU. And obviously, Sony's not done with their involvement in the MCU. Of course. So we've got these three elements. I am rolling all three. Um, uh, absolutely. I think there's no other course
0: of action but to be rolling with this. Dang, this is incredible news, especially yes. as someone who's like an uber Spider Man fan. Yes. I like the way my heart sank when after far from home we found out that they might not renew with disney
1: that, that was a like sad. we weren't
0: sure if we were getting more like yes. that was nerve-wracking um so to have a confirmation from sony's end saying yeah we're gonna make a whole other trilogy and we're definitely not done with spider-man in the mcu yeah that's huge 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 news because obviously that keeps tom holland but that keeps our spider-man in the mcu and that's still like that opens up the connections that are starting to be established between sony's spider-verse and the mcu we're like we don't have to worry about the fact that you know Michael Keaton is in Morbius. Is that going to make sense two years after if Tom Holland isn't in the MCU anymore? Like Correct. we don't have to worry about them having to kind of rewrite history Fit where Tom Holland is erased from the MCU, can be out of convenience or whatever. They're gonna make like we it don't all have work. to. Yeah, they're going to make it all work. We don't have to worry about something being kind of thrown together and backpedaled and, you know, we saw what happens in a major franchise when they try to correct things from previous movies.
1: And it it rarely doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Rarely works. Um, But having, I I just think like, I, I didn't think he was going anywhere because My opinion was, you know, the the girls on the planet can hear my thoughts movie uh, didn't do well. Mm -hmm. I think Uncharted is going to do great. But, uh, you know, he's like, why give this up? I didn't think he was walking away. And Sony needs to cling to whatever is working, especially if the movie theater business is going to be back the way it is. The way it to, was. Well,
0: especially with what this Spider Man movie is going to do. Oh, yeah. For the movie industry. So, uh, this is the second part of the rolling tro- or trolling is that um, No Way Home tickets came out uh, in pre sale this week, and the demand crashed theater websites. Um, it's already um, sold uh, as many. Pre-sale tickets. I don't know if as many, but it sold the most pre-sale tickets of any movie since Endgame. Yep, which is huge. And huge. There are even scalpers listing tickets online for thousands of dollars, up to twenty-five thousand dollars, after ticket sale websites experienced severe lag and outages. Um, I don't I hope no one paid that much because you can get tickets today still. <laughs> um but this it sounds like theaters are going to be packed for this movie across yeah. the country. And this is during a pandemic.
1: Which is huge. The fact that they're able to do this kind of business during a pandemic.
0: Without a doubt. This is this is something that could possibly save movie theaters. Oh yeah. Something like this.
1: It could well, if it works. So this will be if the test. Works. Obviously, they're selling all these things. We're gonna see if people are gonna show up. Uh, this is this is huge. This is big.
0: Obviously, everyone be safe out there. Obviously. Um, but yeah, I need to figure out. How to go see this movie? <laughs> I know I need to see it.
1: I may not be um, eating in this film because I may be wearing my mask the whole time. Oh but, yeah, oh
0: yeah. But that's I what that is Um, moving on. Yes. Uh, we have some Mario news. Mario the Mario Brothers movie co-producer Chris yes. Melodondry Uh huh. Hope I pronounced his his name right um said quote uh about chris pratt's voicing Uh says the voice he's doing for us and mario is phenomenal that's Um, great and confirmed that it won't have any specific italian leanings there we go that
1: let's let's i'm gonna lodge a formal complaint i'm trolling this movie i'm trolling chris pratt i i i this i'm disgusted by all of it okay i hate him hate this movie hate and and i want i'm calling out to the woke people out there to defend the italians this is our only super character
0: so what's interesting here is that they're obviously doing this to irritate me worry that if they did it the other way, they would be insulting Italians. But you, as an Italian American, yes. you I'm feel the opposite. Way. You are insulted that they're not going to do an yeah, Italian-leaning Because
1: voice. why are the rules different? You're making a movie about an Italian <laughs> character with no Italians in the movie. If they did this with any other film, there'd be uprisings. Right. Right. So I'm like, throw one, hire me, hire me the way I sound. I'm from Jersey. Give me a, it's a me. Oh, I can't do that because that won't come after me. It you on the spot. No, you're allowed, though. I, you know, one would hope, but you never know (laughs) what the rules are now. You just don't know. But I could, you know, this is what I'm talking about. Hire me to just be like the onset. Advisor, like they hire military advisors when they go out and make MASH or like Patton or something some military movie I'll be the Italian American advisor for the Mario movie
0: I mean is is Mario too problematic to have his own movie at this point because of the the Because stereotypes that it presents, I in the way he speaks, but like he still does all that in the like current games. I feel like here's how I feel I feel
1: yes, he does still do that because it's a game and it's an iconic character. We don't need to retrofit Mario, Mario built video games okay video games are the house that mario built let him be let him have his movie with his accent and his voice there's no uprising there's no anger do you see anybody you know why because largely like we don't care like the community that might be pissed about mario is not the community that would be pissed about this kind of thing. Gotcha. So it's like, just make your movie, you know, make your movie. Let's have fun. Uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. It'd be, it just, it, the whole thing intrigues me. I'm trolling it all.
0: I'm trolling it all. There is a book coming out oh. um, by journalist james andrew miller mm-hmm. and he is writing this book i believe about hbo just in general cool. about how hbo operates and all that and he says mm-hmm. that or i guess within the book he kind of illustrates in details how george rr R. martin writer of game of thrones flew to new york to beg HBO to do 10 seasons of Game of Thrones. Really? And he said that and uh George R. R. Martin's argument was that it would be a more satisfying and more entertaining experience if the season was longer, if the show run was longer. And this was before they did the last two seasons, obviously. Well
1: then I'm rolling with his assessment because he's right.
0: It was very clear
1: that he was right. Yeah, very clear. Because that last season sucked. Um, And even the the,
0: the second to last season wasn't great.
1: Correct. Everything was rushed. The choices they made were terrible. Mm -hmm. The way they got to... Or, you know what, let me say this. Even if uh, George R.R. Martin had intended for... (laughs) it to turn out the way that it did uh, having more seasons in to, I might've felt better about it. Had we spent more time getting there?
0: I think the rise, I think like, let's take Daenerys. I think the story arc of her rising from nothing and becoming almost a savior to people she through was her rule yeah. to then shifting to uh, almost an oppressor and right. the becoming the villain is an incredibly interesting and entertaining story arc to Correct. take viewers through but what they did was they did try to just they didn't earn it they just tried to perfect way to say it. D- we needed to assume that oh, this made sense and trust yeah. them. What happened was, Benioff and Weiss, who were the writers of right. the head writers of the show, <clears throat> were tired of making Game of Thrones, and they've said as much. Yeah, and so they destroyed it. They the phoned the- it in and shor- They shortened the the run of the show because they didn't want to do it anymore. When I don't know how many countless other shows change showrunners. So if they were tired of it, hand it off to someone else and let them do it. What is, like, what they did in the first six seasons of the show was special and hadn't been done before. Agreed. Outside of that, what is so special about anything that those two had and have done since? Nothing that we needed to make sure that they were the ones who finished Game of Thrones and not anyone else. It's ridiculous uh, that 100%. HBO wouldn't listen to the creator of the whole thing, George R.R. Martin, and would I, listen to those two instead.
1: Yeah, I don't think any of that was necessary. They, we could have done it with other people. They ruined it for America, and it makes me sad. Fills me with
0: sadness. I'm, I'm trolling them, and I'm rolling with George R.R. Martin, Bayonne Native.
1: Bay Weez Native, yes. I'm, I'm
0: rolling with them as well. Lastly, the Dollar Tree. Oh. You've heard of this chain, right? I ha- we have several. They have been selling products for $1 since 1986. Yes, they have. They are raising their prices to $1.25 beginning in the spring of 2022.
1: Well then it's not no longer a dollar tree. It's
0: dollar 25 tree.
1: Dollar 25 tree. It's it's just over a buck tree. Well I'm trolling that. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't see quite why that needs to occur. I'm gonna troll the hell out of that.
0: I how do you, know, you feel
1: about this? Why are we raising the buck 25? That's a I don't know.
0: Raise. I don't know why they're doing that. I think it's I, I think capitalism. Well uh, That's what I think it is. So and we
1: made it 40 years and now capitalism has to rear its head with the Dollar well, Tree.
0: Apparently. Apparently. Wow. The CEOs of Dollar Tree aren't making enough money,
1: Apparently. even though you know they
0: are, and they just want here's, more of
1: it. Here's the thing. If I wanted to pay, for, pay good money for a product, I would go do that. But I want to pay a dollar for something that's going to stay intact long enough for me to give it as a Christmas gift And for the person to then get in their car and leave before it breaks. That's Uh why I go to Dollar Tree. Right. All right? That's So, I don't understand. If they're going to raise their prices and be like normal stores, I don't think I'm going to support that. Right. It's just... I'll just go to a normal store.
0: And uh, quite honestly, I've never shopped in a Dollar Tree before. Oh, it's delightful. So like I will be fine. Yeah, that's true. I I don't need I don't need you gotta make are their their dollars. They're they're dollar priced items. I'm good.
1: You don't need their dollars. Send your dollars.
0: Outrageous. Outrageous. You are not yeah. the dollar tree anymore. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Um all right, let's let's talk about our suggestions from last week. Yes indeed. Neil, you you watched the Netflix, the new Netflix movie, Tick, Tick, Boom. I did. I watched the Amazon Prime documentary, Val, all about Val Kilmer. Correct. Where should we start? Well, I think
1: you should start with Val because I feel like uh, Tick, Tick, Boom uh, we could have a perhaps a longer
0: discussion. Okay. Um, so with Val, yes, I would say first and foremost, I learned a lot about yeah. Val Kilmer that I had no idea about. I don't know why, like I did hear over the last year or so about mm-hmm. Um, his medical issues and his troubles yeah um, and all of that Um, I don't think I realized how artistic of a person he is I I think always was yes I think that's one of the
1: reasons he was kind of hard to work with he was like artsy fartsy
0: Yeah, I I don't know if that's because of his persona from the characters he played in movies or if it's also because he just, he didn't look it. True. I think part of his problem and his issue, he always wanted to be a character actor and he never really got the roles he ever wanted. And I think part of that is because he looks like a movie star.
1: Exactly. So, like, I'm curious your opinion on this movie, on this, you know, basically documentary and everything, because I'm curious of your opinion of Val Kilmer. He absolutely looks like a movie star. Hollywood wanted to put him in the main scene, on the mainstream, like he's the star of the movie. But his character actor-ness was always better than his leading manness.
0: I think there are so, there's so much he could have done that he would have been awesome at. Yes. Had he been able to choose the lane that he wanted. Agreed.
1: Agreed. Well, what do you think of him as an actor in general?
0: I think he's a great actor. I think okay. he does a really great job. Like, he, he's a very good actor. I think he could have been You know, he could have done some really impressive stuff had he been allowed to do. Like, you just look at basically his first movie, his first big movie. He is what he wanted to be Yeah. in Top Gun. Oh, yes. He's just off to the side. He's the supporting character. He's off to the side, but he's also, you know, one of the brightest lights in that movie. 100%. Um and that happens to be his most iconic role, right outside of Batman. which
1: I w- absolutely his most iconic. So you learned some things in this documentary. did you you know how did you feel about the way this was shot, the way this was done? like is this a, or is this are you recommending this to our
0: listeners? I would recommend it to them just to see. The what I another part of it that I liked about it is he essentially takes you through his IMDb right like he takes you through his career okay this is where I was at with here this is where I was at here Um, I enjoyed that part of it and I also like think it's pretty unbelievable and crazy and really cool to see all of the footage that he shot himself. He was always carrying around a video camera. And back when he was doing it, that was like a crazy thing. That was like a crazy piece of tech to have carrying around with you all the time. Absolutely. It's not like now where you just have a phone and you're documenting. He was doing what everyone is doing now 30 years before. Right the technology was even there to do it he was doing it back when it actually took effort yes absolutely um so like i think that was i think if you have you know if you have interest in movies if you are even somewhat of a val kilmer fan although you don't really need to be you're just you know you have a an interest in movies and acting and kind of what the process is and you want to hear just an interesting story of like an the life of a movie star right this is a this is a good watch you'll learn a lot
1: i agree i agree so, i was i was intrigued by this this you know again why it's the fact that like They were able to do all this based off his own work. It's like an auto bi. It's an autobiography, but an auto uh, documentary.
0: He has a warehouse of all of the film that he shot over his lifetime. That is needs a whole warehouse for it. Yeah, insane, insane. But it's very it's cool. Like, you know. He he's got an interesting story. Um, Very interesting story. He went through a lot. Obviously, he's going through a lot now. The dynamic of you know having been a movie star and would have been able to continue to be a movie star, but can't because of his health. And now he's in a weird lane because he feels like he's. A lot of people, a lot of actors who are in his position that he's in today are mm-hmm. in it because they're quote-unquote washed up. Right. They're not in it because they were liter- physically forced into it, if that makes sense. He would have still continued his career through today had he not gotten sick. 100%. But now he's in a place where his current career is looking back on his past career. Yeah. Trying to And that right was there. and and that was something that he talks about in detail as as well. Um so yeah, I, I I I enjoyed it. I was very like um engaged with what was going on and you know it was very agreed. Yeah. Engaging. Engaging. I like it.
1: You gave me Tick Tick Boom. Okay. Boom. And this was an hour and 55 minutes. Yes, it was. It was a offbeat documentary about. Some would say a, on beat. Some would say. They'd be Depending wrong.
0: How musical it was.
1: But some would say. But, um, but that's what I'm going to talk about the type of music. It's a documentary about the gentleman who created Rent. Okay. Uh, Stephen, uh, no, it's not Stephen, excuse me. Uh, Jonathan Larson. Yes. Played by Andrew Garfield. Now, he prior, like just prior to Rent, he had a show called Tick Tick Boom, or he wrote this.
0: Correct. And that was like, it was like a one man show.
1: Right. And you're kind
0: of being taken through that in the movie while also getting flashbacks of what's going on, like what exact. he's talking about in the one man show.
1: And it's the, you know, it's the story of like the usual, not that it's bad, but the usual, you know, don't give up. Uh, is he gonna make it? He keeps getting right. shot down, mm-hmm. you know, hung all his hopes on this one thing, got great reviews, but it turned into nothing like story. Mm-hmm. Um All the elements were there. But I will say this. The strongest component is uh, Andrew Garfield, who is funny, uh, likable, a tremendous singer, which I did not know.
0: Yeah, I had
1: no idea either. But like really, really good. However, the rest of it left a lot to be desired for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and and I'll explain why. One, uh, the songs were, you know, uh, I I did some extra research. They were Jonathan Larson e Jonathan Larson esque, but they was really heavily influenced by uh, Lin Manuel Miranda.
0: Okay, so they were they were original songs for the movie,
1: right? And. I was like, man, you know, I could see like how they have the Larson. Vibe. Stank vibe. But, but you could
0: also see a lot of.
1: Oh, yeah. Miranda. And it just like, you know, Lynn's thing worked for what it was. It worked for Hamilton, but we, it's not it doesn't belong everywhere. Like okay. they did. Uh, they did. You know, his song Triple Little Light Fantastic in the second Mary Poppins movie, like that worked there, but just barely. Um for
0: this then again he did the entire Milana soundtrack, which is just straight fire.
1: That is straight fire. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um so this was interesting. I will say uh, I think it went on too long. I think there was a lot, even with the noise, even with the singing, which was to me a little disjointed. The songs were peculiar. Um, it there was a lot of dry space, a lot of white space, a lot of slow, like, mm-hmm. let's just, let's get to it. Like, I see where we're going. Let's go. Uh, but the best scene, not just because of all the cameos, but the best scene was the diner scene where, um, it, you know, the, the wall breaks down and all of a sudden yes. they like that. That's a very cinematic scene. That was the best thing in the film.
0: And that was also the cameos that you allude to are all they're all Broadway stars. Uh, Broadway stars are, are there. I recognize some the a couple of uh, people from Hamilton. Yep. we in it. The the. Skylar sisters, I think Skyler they play sisters, in Hamilton.
1: BB Newworth. Yep. Uh Joel Gray, who was is an amazing actor slash stage actor. Yeah. That was um, cool. And and that reignited my interest because I was fading out. Mm-hmm. And then that happened. And I was like, Oh my god, is that so and so? Is that so and so? that's that? and I was like I looked that up as I was watching it. I and so, I think part
0: you know, of that is and I don't want to speak for them because obviously mm-hmm. I'm not a a big theater person I would imagine part of that for for them and part of that for Lin-Manuel Miranda and why they did that cameo is for how impactful Jonathan Larson was yeah. on the theater community and on Broadway and why like you can get all of those Broadway stars to do a cameo in this movie and why this movie is being made in the first place and it's being made by lin well, Miranda
1: agreed 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 but I would you know so so all good very interesting if you're a musical theater person I could see how you would like this but it is also not your not your you know not your daddy's musical like it's not your normal musical Um, I would have shortened it I would have sped things up just a scotch and I think we could have been served a little bit better with more Jonathan Larson music, like more rent music. Like I said, I did a, I did a, a little listen mm-hmm. and you know, he writes music. Uh, like I, I think I would have enjoyed it more if it was more renty. Okay. Um, having said that, Andrew Garfield did an amazing job. I want to do shout outs to, um, couple people who i love and was surprised to see and it made me feel great to see them because i think they're amazing actors uh one is judith light who is the mom from who's the boss okay okay tremendous she plays the uh uh his agent agent. yeah
0: okay and she was doing
1: an amazing job of being like you know a smoky east coast agent like tremendous yeah and then a guy I love and who is woefully underutilized is uh, Bradley Whitford. Yep. You you mm-hmm. knew that. You saw that coming? Uh,
0: yeah, I saw that coming a
1: mile away. I love Bradley Whitford. From West Wing up through uh, Get Out, he is just, he's excellent at what yep. he does.
0: Absolutely. So that's, Absolutely. that's what I have to you know, say about that. I, I, did you know who I think is just made for like you could just put her in every musical? And I thought they used her well in this because she didn't really have to do any acting, she was just doing like singing. Yeah, Vanessa Hudgens, she did all right, is very good at musicals. Yes, like put her in every musical movie, I feel like, where she can just focus on singing. The theater songs and not necessarily acting. Um, Here's my question for you. Talk to me. Do you think, because the more you're talking about this, the more I'm thinking this is, do you think this movie needed another star? Uh, Like Andrew Garfield is being a movie star in this movie. Correct. Right? He's doing a great job. But yes. Do you think one of the supporting characters like needed to be someone name. doing it? Uh, not a necess- necessarily a bigger name, uh-huh. but someone basically playing in the same ball field as Andrew Garfield is. Because I feel like outside of what Andrew Garfield is doing, no one's coming close to that level Agreed. in this movie. But you have I, like the bit roles, yeah. like you have Bradley Whitford, like the two right. you mentioned, right? But yeah. like as far as the supporting cast, like they're, they do a fine job, but there's no one giving a heavy hitting performance like Andrew Garfield is.
1: No, no one in the play is doing, in the movies, doing that. I agree with you, or I should say, I see where you're going. Um, I don't know though. I would say, <sighs> No, for the following reasons. One, this is a little bit of Oscar bait. Okay. Okay. So they're definitely like, this is a starring vehicle for Andrew Garfield, who.
0: Yes, like he'll get his campaign for a best actor nomination. Absolutely. And two,
1: given the type of movie that this is. I feel like if you added somebody, either a name brand or just someone else that was on that caliber, on that level, it might draw away. Like I, I think this served the story of Larson, you know, because it was, so, it was, it's a solo project. Like it's him, it's Andrew Garfield's being him. Right. So I think I think maybe not. I think maybe just leave it where he's the only one really blowing the the everybody's doors off.
0: Yeah, I if that I, makes sense. I could see that. I could agree with that. Um okay. Well, Neil, yeah. We've come to the end and here is what's going on. So we are taking a bit of a break. A hiatus is the technical term. We will be back. Um, We are going to be off for two weeks after this week. Um, We will be back the week of the 20th of December. Mm. Hopefully It is to be devoutly with Having seen Spider-Man No Way Home and also, having seen episodes 3, 4, and 5 of Hawkeye at that point. Correct. So, we will be talking about all of that. It will be a jam-packed episode. Um, just with those two pieces alone. Right. And... Because of that, because there's so much time between this episode and next episode, we are not going to do uh, suggestions this week. But we, of course, will bring them back when we are back. Right.
1: We and do I am hope
0: ready for that. Absolutely, we do hope that you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, please rate review subscribe wherever it is that you're listening to our podcast we are on every major podcast platform we are also on neil's own website and great website glued to the screen.com that's glued the number two screen.com neil what do you have to say to the people stream on everybody